How are we doing guys? Welcome to episode number 23 of the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast with um, myself, Michael Lindsay. Hope all is good and you had a fantastic week. Um, we had a great chat last week on the podcast with uh, one half of the Jerkeen Physical Therapy Clinic, Julia Boost. And really informative, very knowledgeable um, therapist and some great feedback from the podcast. So um, we asked the man himself, Jerkeen, um, with a bit of persuasion. Um, he said Julia had to go first and then uh, he'd come in. So we held him to that promise. And I am delighted to welcome um, Jerkeen, um, physical therapist, on to the podcast today. So um, just to give Joe a little bit of an intro, this might, might take a bit of time. He's got extensive um, history and um, I'm sure lots of stories in the world of physical therapy and treating athletes. Um, so just to give you a quick background, uh, Joe worked at the Hartman International Sports Clinic um, sports injury clinic from 2006 to 2011, world-renowned uh, clinic, um, and he worked extensively with some of the top athletes um, in the world um, who were preparing for for major competitions, including the Olympics and World Championships. Um, he travelled to high altitude training camps in France, Kenya, and Ethiopia, um, which um, I am looking forward to asking him about. Um, he also worked with the GA into county teams, soccer, tennis, horse racing, rugby players at international level. Um, in about 2012, I think it was, he established his own physical therapy practice in Kerry while working with the Kerry senior football team from 2011 to 2018 and also the Clare Hurling team from 2015 to 2017. So um, Joe holds a degree with distinction in applied science and physical therapy and is currently in the final year of a level eight science degree in advanced athletic performance while working with the Kerry minor football team since 2019 and the Kerry senior hurling team since 2016. Um, there's a little bit more. <laughs> He's also currently studying to become an accredited member of the UKSCA, so the UK Professional Body for Strength and Conditioning. Um, he's a busy man. He's a busy man, um, and you know, Joe's sort of expertise um, and knowledge is in treating acute and chronic musculoskeletal injuries, chronic debilitating diseases such as lower back, neck, and shoulder pain, and post-operative care, including ACL and back rehabilitation. So, um, having worked with many inter-county teams in the past, he's now passionately involved. Um, in Kerry football and hurling so yeah that was a bit of a mouthful but it just shows the extensive knowledge and experience that Joe has and um, I've known Joe for a few years now I've actually been treated by Joe um, and Julia um, so I'll, I'll touch on that as well and my experience with Joe um, and just some of the um, the other sort of comments from from past players and people who've worked with only speak very highly of Joe so um, bit of a big intro there, but uh, he deserves it. So welcome, Mr. Jerkeen, to the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast. Thanks, Mike. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here this morning, a lovely Sunday, Sunday morning. Yeah, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's your yeah. first podcast, apparently. You've, it is. You've been on. There yeah. you go. I'm honoured. I'm honoured <laughs> to be your first uh, interviewee. Um, it's like the late, late in here this morning, isn't that right? Um, <laughs> it won't be too many curples, but uh, what I'm going to start with, obviously, in that intro... Um, a lot of experience um, and before we get on to your work at the the, the Hartman Clinic um, I want to ask you first question in two parts so um, where did your passion come for rehabilitation and helping people in general which we're going to go more on to later on um, and kind of how did you get into the field of 
sort of physical therapy really and, and kind of where the passion came for really okay so um it's it's been there since i was knee height a grasshopper really um at, at home i was always reading anything that was like a a, a medical book or a, a, you know my mother would have these elements and i'd be trying to figure them out very good and uh always had a huge passion for sport as well and um um, it, I, if I had my first choice, I would have gone on to do physiotherapy after the leaving cert, but that didn't work out. Yeah. And I thought it had passed me by. And then uh, I went back to college at the age of 40 and wow. life changed from there. Yeah. Well, what, just out of interest, you know, um, what made you, and I'll be myself, like just turned 40 there and um, I'm looking to maybe sort of branch into maybe doing a master's in psychology and maybe more the mindset stuff. So what was that kind of change that, you know, did you just say, look, I want to kind of change your direction and you and, and kind of you looked at courses and you're like, this could actually. It's funny because I was um, I was really well, 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 I was really established in what I was doing at the time. Yeah. And uh, I was always looking for we had a group of friends that would train together and uh, I was always looking for ways to try and help them through injuries or whatever. And um, I had I had looked for some courses, but none would really work because um, at the time I was um, a stay-at-home dad as well. Okay. And uh, my sister found the course in Dublin, which was the um, physical therapy course out of the Institute of Physical Therapy in Dublin, which worked fine because it was part-time structure, but uh, it was really from Friday to Monday, but I could stay home in Dublin with her. And uh, it was three years long, and I loved every minute of it. I grabbed it with two hands. Yeah. Well, and you thought this is? Oh, I found I found doubt. my vocation here. One hundred percent. Even though I had a, I had a, I had a, I was I was running a music school in Limerick at the time, and it was it was well established and successful. And uh, I had to defer it for a year. I actually got accepted on the course on my fortieth birthday, which was I was delighted with. And um, I deferred it for a year because I needed the teachers that were with me to take over the school, and then okay. I started from there. Wow. Mm. Um, and also just that image, did you, were you a player as well, Joe? Did you play? No, I had, uh, I was um, a legend in my own head. I was, uh, <laughs> I, never, I had no talent, but I was a fantastic club man. I was always um, um, at training and um, I tur- it turned into running. I just started running. Okay. And running myself, just, I loved going out running. And uh, then I started Masters Athletics and uh that was the first time i got structured training and then got got on quite well at that and uh so but my background would have been gay as a child so we are not a child to carry without any background i grew up oh, with no. charlie nelligan it was kind of half reared by there by his family so i found myself going to league matches all over the country when it just used to happen and i got to know the the carry footballers from that i spent two summers living in dublin with charlie and uh, training out in belfield with the footballers as well oh well that's some experience dreams come true yeah, yeah it was yeah Jeez. and then obviously yeah and like my parents are from mayo so we're going to talk about that a bit later on it's a bit of a sore subject coming to <laughs> to all islands and Kerry. but i've got a question on that later on. um but yeah i'd say growing up and like i've been in Kerry now 10 years but just the passion and for football here is you know and, and hurling is, is picking up as well but just that that green and gold that, you know, uh, you know, only really, you see it from afar, like we're watching Kerry on TV, um, but when you're actually in it and if they live and breathe it down here, you know, so. God, it was my first experience firsthand, really. As a young guy, it was only, what was I, I was anything from the age of 12 to 16, I suppose. But the, um, the behind the scenes, um, psychological stuff and preparation and, and, and elation and um, 
disappointments that goes on uh, with uh, an elite performer. Yeah. And yeah. it was really interesting to see that and be yeah. part of it growing yeah. up. Yeah, it's funny you say that. We're going to talk about that and how the, the margins and to go from a good player to, to an elite player. So we're just going to go to your uh, stint at the Hartman Clinic. How did that come about? And obviously, you know, it's 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 pretty... It's an amazing clinic, as you know, as I said, it's world-renowned. And just give me a little bit about your experience there and your work with athletes and, you know, going to training camps and, and seeing that level of elite athlete and, and how, how how was that for your kind of learning, I suppose, Joe? Um, I was really fortunate. Um, I I got, I was first a patient in the clinic under Alison Rose, who since then went on to work with UK Athletics and she moved on and then she, I was transferred under Ger's care and uh, I suppose I, they had known me in and out of the clinic for about a year just on and off for visits because I was suffering from um, a groin injury that subsequently became a hernia but um, I got to know Ger through that and I remember um, when my sister put me in touch with the course and I remember saying I was driving up to, to the clinic for an appointment I was going to run it by George see what he thought of it and I kind of felt if he said it was a good one I'd go for it if it wasn't I wouldn't because it was a big time commitment and there was a lot involved in it and um, for sure, yeah. so I ran it by him and he said that it was uh, it's certainly a course well worthwhile doing and he said that he'd uh, I suppose the word he uses is he, he I, that he would take me under his wing as I was studying as long as I kept it quiet and didn't say anything to anyone okay so I did that I was true to my to my uh, I, I was very uh, grateful for the opportunity so as I was studying um, I was also going up and down to the Hartman Clinic maybe three times a week sitting in and then by the end of the first year I had travelled out to my first high altitude camp which was in preparation for the Athens Olympics to, to Paula Radcliffe and I was really just going out to observe and see and I learned how to conduct myself with uh, elite athletes and okay. just get comfortable they're all just human beings at the end of the yeah, day yeah. And, and then it moved on from there so it must have been amazing seeing the Incredible. level that was people like Paula and that, that level um, you know first hand like and seeing you're just allowed into their inner circle and then you have I call it the burden of knowledge you, you uh, even my own family wouldn't have known much I, I, they, and it was great um, um, I was never questioned too much about it and yeah. they were much more interested in normal life so what was going on Pretty much, even people in the locality wouldn't have known it was happening, and I was I was much more comfortable with with it working that way. Yeah, yeah, mm. that, that's amazing. Just in regards to kind of that, I suppose distance running and high altitude training, and and just the level they go to in regards to get that extra, you know, advantage or that extra, you know, second or half a second over their competitors is is it? Just talk me through that kind of training, or or how long were they there for, or how did it kind of structure? I kind of heard a little bit about it, but you know, just from your so there were, I was dealing with a lot of athletes by the time I had finished up. But if we say it's just focusing on Paula Radcliffe. So we would go over for maybe anything from a 12 to a 16 day stint. And okay. uh, um, Ger actually for the last year would have spent most of his clinical time working with her. And um, so there, the, the training regime is incredible. Like she was running 140 miles, hard miles a week and uh, that would take wow. two training sessions a day so generally she needed two treatment sessions a day so you were in her company for an awful lot of the time wow. and uh and then it, you be you you um you become a confident with a lot of the things that are happening and you become a person that they'll go to first of all with a problem um just to run it by you and see so 
so the, the level of training is just it's it's hard for people to comprehend comprehend the torture that they put their bodies incredible they like. don't look at it as torture though but it's just for somebody looking at the outside so when when paula would train at the high altitude camp in fontremo uh she would do uh 400 meter reps she could do 30 400 meter reps Jeez. and her 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 predicted timing would only be out by a second like if she was going to do them in say 73 seconds it would be she either, knew like it would either be 72 73 or 74 that's amazing and it would be absolute clockwork and it was pacing and to see her 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 husband gary Locke, who was also her coach would cycle behind her on the track which she had asthma so if you heard her the struggling if it would sounded like she was struggling so if you heard her breathing on the track you uh, thought she was struggling well, yeah. you, you'd get frightened but then you began to realize and then she has the the, the which was the yeah. funny running style yeah yeah and then you became in awe of it because she went out two days later and did it all over again, do you know? Wow. So it was, it's just at the level of... Um, to get to that that level, the, the, the work behind the scenes and the mileage and... The it training. honed in my treatment skills because with, with somebody like that, you're only talking about tiny gains. Yeah, yeah. So, make a huge difference in, in the grand scheme. Yeah, but there's so little there's the, uh, scope of potential for... for finding a solution is tiny because she's also got the backup of UK Athletics. She's got the backup of Dr. Muller in Germany. All of these are highly respected sports physicians. So what you can try to achieve um, often is a tiny margin. And the, and the mindset that that developed in me as a clinician really serves me now with the people that I see or even the footballers, the athletes that I see because they have such a scope for yeah. for improvement. But and it, you can apply exactly the same uh, protocols to anybody, whether they're elite athletes or, or somebody just coming in off the street. Yeah, and that's we're going to talk about that later on, about how working with, you work with both, as I said, members of the public and, and athletes. But yeah, it's fascinating that, um, and I'd say, the, the as you said, the experience you gain from just watching someone at that level. Um, and also, you know, as has she come to you a couple of days a week you're in that and as as a somebody who was just coming into the industry I'd say that was invaluable experience Incredible. for you kind of yeah I will always be in debt to Ger Hartman for opening up his clinic yeah. to me and uh, trusting me and in the space of the three years that I was in college I successfully was able to get through it because I didn't want to insult the people I was in the college as well because he would often come up in conversations and I'd have to try and just stay out of it you know yeah, yeah. and then um uh, to get that opportunity and by the time I was finished college that I had actually I was assisting in the management of these people then it was it was just a, a once in a lifetime opportunity wow. and that's what it was that's amazing to get that mentor yeah to somebody yeah uh, like you know like Joe to, to kind of as you said take you under his wing yeah um you know it was it was I'd say amazing experience but also just as you said stand you could stay today to what you're yeah. doing um, um that's pretty special um, it kind of leads me on to the next question. What what would you be kind of your opinion, Jer, that would sort of separate a very good athlete to then to someone of a Paula Radcliffe's kind of level? You know, they could be very good. Um, and you're saying it's about fine margins, it's kind of work ethic, attitude. Is it that, you know, what can you put your finger on or have an idea of what can get you from just that, that top draw, that kind of level? So you have to have the talent, first of all. Yeah. And you have to uh, know that your limitations are in the talent. And then if you can recognise that and you've got a good coaching support network around you, that you can try and push the borders of that out. So again, that's, that's tenable to anybody. Yeah. So the big difference with the elite athlete 
that becomes the top end of elite is that number one, they'll do they'll do it. Hmm. Um, just go sideways here a bit. There was in the clinic. Um, we'd often have groups of people in together, and Joe was quite good at getting people in to mingle with somebody else under the guise of doing an exercise. Okay. And I, there was one that this, so I, I just, yeah, I'm not too comfortable about dropping all these names, but it's just a... Oh, no, I do. I yeah, no, it's just, I, you know, it's just not the way I, I don't like doing that, but it's just to make a point. The yeah, point yeah, exactly, so exactly. On one particular day, we had um, Ronan O'Gara, we had Owen Kelly, um, uh, Paula Ratcliffe, and Kieran Fallon. They were all wow. in the one in the one room yeah uh jared asked the men to do a rehabilitation session that was coming towards the end for paula but he wanted the others to come in on it yeah. to see pretty much to see her work ethic okay and uh jared would always be um have an eye on on kind of advertising and i suppose right probably the wrong word but uh he he promotes himself very well yeah which, he's good at that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so um he i remember he had ian o'reardon who was a journalist to come in on the session okay yeah okay and mm-hmm. he said to me will you just have a quick chat with ian and let him know what he's expecting downstairs what he's to expect so ian, we were sitting upstairs and ian said so what what am i going to what's going to happen down here and i said that um actually to sean oak or Halpine was, was oh sean oak, okay and i remember um i said to him that um what you're about to see downstairs is is going to be absolutely um mind-changing for you um and people don't realize that say when sean ogohalpine is walking up the street in limerick they say oh ogohalpine is in what happened again yeah but they don't realize what happens and i said the big difference is that you can give anybody the work to do yeah but the difference with the elite athlete that that actually goes to the final step is they decide to do it and it's a decision they make and uh, it, it is it is a personal decision for greatness. They decide to win, and that is a decision you can make. Yeah, and repetition, repetition, and say yeah. get, getting up um, when when others don't get up, and uh, and mm-hmm. even you know but, they don't want to put in. But not them. just for repetition's sake. It's yeah. with a desire and with a focus. Yeah, and that they can change that focus when needed. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's brilliant, and it's great to to see that insight because it's always fascinating to to me to to see athletes. You know, you find good athletes or good players good sort of club players and it's kind of getting to you know as I said there's and there's a good book I was reading at the moment I'm nearly finished it called um, Atomic Habits by James Clear and I just it was a story that he talked about about there's obviously genetic predisposition to to be good at certain things depending on your body type and things but how um, you know he was talking about Michael Phelps actually and you'll probably I'll, I'll probably pronounce this wrong Hitcham El Garouge and he was saying it they're both like Michael Phelps, obviously one of the best Olympians ever in regards to kind of medal hawk. Um, and the same is a Moroccan runner, I think it wasn't it. Then he's, yeah. he has a couple of gold medals and both very, very good athletes. But he was saying like they had, they, the, the thing that actually had this, the two of them actually had the same was the inside leg measurement. So their legs were actually the same length, but Michael Phelps had a big torso. So he was ideal for swimming. Whereas, um, um, El Garouge, El Garouge sorry, had a, a shorter torso. So that made him good for, for long distance running so if you put them in their opposite opposite sports they probably wouldn't have done as well but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of what they were saying is kind of finding your lane i suppose and it's like um you know they were completely different sports they were different heights but they were identical in some aspects but it's like you know selecting the, the right place to you know if you're so i suppose like in football um someone like david moore and aiden o'shea or kieran donahy you know they're they're 
physically they're, they're big, um, but it's, it's kind of saying, okay, let's find a position where the odds will be in our favour, that kind of thing. So obviously there is a genetic, but then it's your environment and then your, how you're how you're suited to your position or your, your, your space. I just want your thoughts on that, really. Okay, so traditionally, it's interesting because traditionally the player used to dictate the, his prowess in a position. Yeah. And a manager that was, or a coach that was good, could actually see potential and 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 then convince the player that this is going to work for him. Yeah. So it's 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 a, it's a, it ha- both have yep. to be in on the journey. And uh, when that worked, it worked really well. I suppose one of the, the most renowned ones was when Mick O'Dwyer got um, the bomber, and he was a basketball player and, yeah, and yeah. was not was not recognised as a footballer. Oh really? Oh no! Oh, I didn't know. That. And he was at the time he. He was working down in, in Waterville, uh, in 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 Arscarsavine teaching, and O'Dwyer used to go out every single evening off season and run with him, because um, he said he liked the Smarties, and um, so they they worked together, and then he brought him in and turned pretty much turned him into the footballer that he was, do you know? Wow. Uh, but nowadays, uh, you still have the same thing because of what's going on in Australia, where they can begin to look for markers that indicate where a person will show strength in some of the pre-season testing. That hasn't come into GAA yet, but okay. it will come in. I can promise you that, where the pre-season testings, uh, if the scores are at, at a level that would indicate that they would make a good midfielder, or yeah. that they'd make a good back because of agility, um, that will come. That will be the next step. And it is, it's, the, it's the assessment criteria in the, in the AFL and in the NFL. If there's a young guy and he hits the, he hits the scores, really, they'll get him in and they'll work, and the final the big decision then psychologically, what is he like? Is he will he will he absolutely disrupt the scenario if he comes in, or is he is he a, is he a yeah. um, positive influence? Jeez, that's fascinating, it isn't is, it? Yeah. And, and how you can like if, as you said, if they're doing the vertical jump test, or if they're doing you know if they're particularly sprint or their yeah. agility, they can say okay, you're you're better, you know, probably the cornerback or you're you're a yeah. you know full forward or whatever it is. Yeah, it yeah. was taken to the extreme over in Russia and in China, wow. where they took children out of the schools. But in in Australia, they're really bringing bringing that testing for talent. It's 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 testing pretty much talent. a long long term. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna it's inevitable. It's gonna Absolutely, it's gonna come yeah. in. And the level of, of education in sports science in Ireland is as good as you'll get anywhere in the world. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. really it, the the level of people. There are too many. That's the only problem, and they have to go abroad. But that it will be certainly something that will be within the next ten years. You'll see it happening. Yeah. I would reckon. Because sports science, I was I went up to Leeds actually. You know Carnegie, that kind of, um, mm-hmm. and it was around. I graduated in two thousand and one, but even there, Leeds United. This is when Rio Ferdinand and the, they were, you know they used to do their their medicals at the university because they had like you know Cybex machines, and I did my dissertation on on that concentric and eccentric force production that was my um but um they all used that there was bod pods there was and that was back in the early 2000s mm. so um you know even coming from then which we'll talk about later on about how things have progressed over the years mm. but um that's interesting to see that in an island it's mm-hmm. it's they're, they're really on the, oh, the cutting edge of it literally a year after getting a whole new set of equipment in their new sports facility there and it's it's as, it's as good as you'll get yeah and so that all the research data that students will use will be well recognized uh standard wise wow. because of it yeah Jeez, that's brilliant and just talking about basketball you know obviously kieran was he's a very good basketball player and then mm. did he then similar to the bomber was it transfer over to football then more yeah so? yeah he t- i'm just really going by what i would have known his stories yeah. he's told me and what he said in his book but he was basketball was his first love and uh as a minor um he wasn't really making it and then he got on the team and then 
um, it progressed from there. But basketball was the first, uh, his first game, and would would probably still be. You know, it's, he's got a huge love of basketball. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. tell that. Um, yeah. But I remember actually watching with my family there. Was it two thousand six final? And um, between him and Colum, they um, they put us to bed early doors. I think yes. it was the All Ireland yeah, final. Yeah. So Six is right, but yeah. it was just um, amazing combination, and yeah. just just couldn't handle him. Do you know? Yeah, that yeah. athleticism as well. Uh huh. Um, what, what happens in down here in Kerry is that excellence will feed off of something. You know, so yeah. that was one partnership, Gooch and, and Star, and the other one then would have been um, Morris Fitzgerald and Mike Frank Russell would have been another great partnership yeah. that they. It's almost a partnership that happens among themselves. Like Jordan and Pippen, yeah. It's yeah, that, it's that and you know, Morris would have a chat with Mike Frank, who's a very quiet guy. Yeah. And he'd be driving down the car after training, and then he had a plan one day for a, an All Ireland semi final and a final, and it worked to a T. And that sort of bond, yeah. no manager can can buy that. It's like you gold can't dust. coach that. No, either, it's gold dust. Um, and they probably visualised, you know, that ball going in, you know, you know, Kieran catching it passing it on then do you know those type of you know probably went over and over and even just visualization which you know yeah. is, is huge and and i said that connection nearly telepathy you knew where he was going to be you knew yeah. he was you had faith in him you had confidence he was going to put it over the bar if he's going to pop it to good to gooch and so on yeah i started yeah. a really tough year in 2014 he was he was pretty much 12 days from retiring wow he had, he had a really bad injury and he used to come out to the clinic and he'd, he'd pace, he had a, he had a chain, a chain with a cross in it and he'd be down his underpants and ready to get on. I couldn't get him on the table because he'd start pacing around the table, talking to me, telling me, like, going through in his mind. Yeah. But, uh, like, you know, it's meant to have been right by now, it's not right by now. I stopped talking to the lads. If they ask me what's wrong, I just tell them I'm fine. I'm actually lying to them. And it was absolutely a washing it's machine. Stress, but I kept, psychological. I kept telling him that he's doing all the right things mm. and keep at it. And, and the same with Eamon. I, I used the phrase the whole time with the mansion back then when he comes he'll come very right yeah. and uh, there was one kick that he made that you talk about the telepathy between pay, players but David he came on with four minutes to go and you were beating us you were four points up and there was four minutes left in that yeah. All-Ireland semi-final yeah, yeah. and I remember um, David was in front of us in the stand and he cut the ball out in the wing right in front of us and he looked up and he kicked it and then I looked up and I saw and I saw it was going into a one-on-one on star. And I just knew, do you know, there was something hit you. And I said, you knew it. It yeah. has every ounce of what has happened this year. This has, is, is, is in that jump. It's rushing into this moment. Wow. And I knew he'd get it. But then the magic that happens around it, you see. So Jay, he tapped the ball off to James. Yeah. And yeah. James got it. Need to do a really good finish to finish yeah, that. Yeah. And then I remember, I saw, it's guess what you remember. And you're in the middle and you have the roar and you've got it. Yeah, yeah. And I saw James running out and he's getting the team to get going. Yeah, he's yeah, using yeah, his arms. Yeah, yeah. So get at it. And then they won the next uh, kick out and Kieran kicked, kicked it over the bar for the for the, the equaliser. And yeah, I knew, I knew then, like for that one moment, yeah. I knew that everything he had done, when, wow. when David kicked the ball, yeah, that's goosebumps stuff. Yeah, it like is, so yeah. you kind of knew, and yeah, I said, hundred percent, it was like the moment. It the was frozen. Really it's frozen in my yeah, mind. Yeah, I looked yeah. up and I said, "Oh, I, when I saw who was under the ball, and I could see him doing grappling, like and, this, I could see, and I knew this I, is when the pacing around every, your your off, you know, every every ounce of angst that he went through. He said, that this year, is this is mine. This is it, yeah, which wow, yeah. that's goosebumps there. Mm. Um, that's amazing, and and just it's a nice following actually. Your connection, I suppose to the players you've been involved with obviously the Kerry setup and it's funny because obviously you've been working in, in here for for a little while and Aidan was in here the last day and on his story you know on the inst- 
And if you're on Instagram, I'm not, I'm not, we'll have to get you on Instagram. I'm not too. hopeless. We'll have to get you on it. No, I but don't do Julius. That's rubbish. He, he does maybe a couple of times where he does ask me questions, so he gets rakes of questions in from from players and people, potential players or people, the public. Um, and but anyways, there there was a pitch he put up, and there was you were in it because you were videoing it and okay. in the background. Well, one of the ones we do yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then someone said, "Who's um, who's taking the video?" And and he said, "Now I'm I'm kind of where is it? I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit, but he said I know he's going to say something <laughs> lovely because that's yeah, the man that he, he is. He, he's such a lovely guy. But he's saying he said that's the legend that is Jerkeen and something like that. He's the most inspirational, positive person I've ever come across. Um, and and I've seen Kieran on on the record as well. Do you know, I'm saying the same and and Gooch and so on. So, um, you know, how does that for one make you feel? I know you can't take compliments maybe too well, but uh, it's how does that make you feel being you know that." You know that feeling from players that you've worked with over the years, and you've seen how much success they've achieved, and and just that must must make you kind of proud. And that feeling of you of know, it's never about me first. And the first thing I feel is I just feel like tell them none of this will be possible except for what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and and yeah. you, I, I'm just a bus driver in the middle of all that. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. taking the person to where yeah. they need to be, or putting them in front of the person they need to yeah. be. But it's uh, it's uh, that. I, f- I live life feeling really lucky, Mike. I feel lucky. Yeah, and yeah. I came to my chosen career late in life. I got the start, the most the, the most ideal start in life. And and um, and then you get respected for that. I remember my first day working in, in Jar Hartman's clinic. Patients just automatically threw um, respect at me. And it was a little bit off-putting because yeah, yeah. you have to earn your respect. True, true. So I had to put it aside because of who I was working with and then just start to build my own way through it. And that's, and then you just meet these amazing people that have that desire to achieve. Yeah. And then that sense of, um, when you're dealing with the elite athletes as, as your starting board, you get to know, you get to recognize times when, if you believe in something you're about to say, and and that they will actually key into it and it's not just empty noise either it's not just filling the room for the sake of filling yeah, it yeah. you know and i just feel i just feel lucky in all that scenario um yeah no i i, I kind of echo that and it, and it's you know the reason i've uh, sort of 20 years in sort of health and fitness um probably next five five years in life coaching is more about as you said just just helping people and to mm. see the progression of someone and see someone who's probably come into you um maybe down downbeat you know whether it be a player or a non-player but you know i've been injured before uh, it's not a nice feeling but it's 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 kind of to see then as you said on that day on the all-iron semi-final or you know that 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 they've come from a point where you saw them in a clinic kind of down and, and stressing to a point where like you know they're back up and they're flying um mm. but that you know and i'm the same it's kind of you know you're guiding through like the sat nav it's just you know they're doing all the hard work and mm. you're kind of guiding them through but um you know i find that's you know as i said there's the lovely comments is it's a lovely testament to you and and you know i i've seen firsthand not only from coming to see you but also how you work um and you know the i suppose it's it's all it's not just the performance so to speak it's about the person it's about mm-hmm. the player it's about the human being sort of thing mm-hmm. so and you've got that holistic kind of um viewpoint around it i remember jerry hussey is a sports psychologist you know jerry yes yeah. um and i went to a conference in Tralee, and i think it was the brandon hotel there six years ago i'd say at this stage but he was talking about when he went in with the irish boxing team and there was no real structure as such and they were they weren't really meddling as, as they should have done and blah 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 but he was talking about that kind of iceberg effect where you know working with paddy barnes whoever it was and 
he's just looking at the performance, but he looked at the whole person. You mm. know, everyone's got their stresses and strains mm. and things going on. So once they kind of looked at the whole person, um, the performances started to increase. Mm. So it wasn't just looking at that. You know, as you said, you've worked with loads of athletes over the time, and, and they're all different. They're all different triggers and how they work. And um, but um, to see that. Do you know, and that's why I'm still still in the business. I think it's it's just to see people come, their personality change. You know, thinking stuff that they hadn't done before, and yeah. So I had like um, I think it's referral through Judah actually about a lady she was struggling for a couple of years, could even getting dressed, her shoulder issue, and now she's been with me probably for the guts of maybe a year now. I'd say like obviously lockdown then, but she's back in now and flying strong. You know. Everything's changed, you know. She's, you know, affected her whole life. So, so you know, you've not only changed her life, but you've changed the life of the people around her that live with her as well. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's, it's added a whole new potential to her and the people around yeah, her. Yeah, as you said, as both to her kids, her partner, yeah. you know, everything. So it's, yeah. um, is that, you know, just in regards to that, and you're, you've obviously been in the industry for, for a long time, and I see how passionate you are with everyone coming in the door. So that fire, that burn, you, that, that kind of keeps you going, does it, Joe? That kind of... Um, oh, God, yeah. It's a massive privilege... It's a huge privilege every single day to think that somebody has taken the effort to come into you in the hope that you can try and help them with their problem. And and then if it turns wrong that you can, yeah. and then if it turns wrong that uh, a team can get involved in the help of that and the whole water flows in the same direction, uh, the person just, just becomes so energised and it changes their life and there's no greater feeling no no greater feeling no I'm the same and as I said that's why you keep going um, you come in every day working with the mums working with rehab working with some you know um, with the classes you know you just and I think I said it in, in the one with Julia the podcast but the way I kind of my ethos would be so say let's call it a pie or a, or a cake or whatever it is we all like cake but basically it's three parts of the pie I find so there's a home life there's a work life and then we'll call it studio seven life or whatever it is their, their life um, fitness games training whatever it is so it's trying to find, and I think you're, you guys are the same, it's like we want to make that part of the day when they're in with us to be the best part of their day in, in regards to giving them a lift. When they're leaving, they might come in like stress from work or whatever it is, but they leave in, in good form. And you know, and that's with every single person, whether it be a personal training client, whether it be a rehab client, whether it be a class for a mum or baby, it's like making the experience enjoyable. Obviously, they're working hard, they're, depending on what their goals are, but they leave, um, you know, and, and that that's just that's the feedback I get from that is just you know that internal feedback should we say is just it's 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 great like that's what I buzz off you know every day yeah, it's not work it's not no exactly exactly so um and just in regards to your dy- dynamic when when you're working because as I said I can kind of see it a little bit more firsthand and I think I mentioned it to you once but it was you were working with a girl at the time um a young girl I think I wasn't sure if she was a player or not but basically it was like you're working with I think she was doing some maybe some power work or some hurdle work or something and you, you said to her and I just I, it made me smile because it was such a good answer it was like um, you, you asked her how she how it was feeling and she was like tired you know it's getting tired and you're like I'm delighted it's tired you know it was yeah. it was that you know that's that's what we want you know we want yeah. you to be working you're fatiguing the muscle you're, you're working it um and it's i love that kind of that that thought pattern and and because i get a few people in and you know they might say they're doing a deadlift i can feel it in my back and you're like and i hear julia saying well that's you're supposed to feel it. obviously yeah. if your technique's good then it is working it's strengthening the back yeah. so when you're working with 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 people Joe, um in regards to that pain thresholds and what people perceive pain to be or good pain or a bad pain um, do you do it on like a, a scale like how how does it feel in regards to like 
listening to your body more you know and and what it's saying because people might think oh you know that's i feel that or whatever but it's actually you're, you're working the area you know yeah how do you kind of work through that so that that starts with the very first appointment when somebody comes in and uh that for me that's the, the that's that's the most important appointment of the whole lot where you can get to understand the full story that brought the person sitting in front of you and often they'll come with a chronic problem, which is a problem that it means that the problems are going on for a long time. And they've gone to a lot of great places to get it sorted. But the trouble with medicine in the world, not just Ireland, is that it's lots of kind of individual floating islands. And if the expertise of that island can't help the person, well, they're right to tell them that because yeah. it would be wrong not to. Exactly. But they need to try and give them direction what to do from there. And so often they feel like they've tried everything. And so often they'll come and apologise for sitting in the chair. You know, they, they, you, the amount of people that will actually apologize for sitting there saying, you know, I'm not so bad. I know there's more. And, and the worst really? phrase in the world is I know how to manage it. And I know how to manage it really means this injury is dictating the pace of my life entirely. And now I've gotten to the stage where I'm tired of talking about it. That's desperate. I find that I find that really sad in my own mind. And I'm yeah. saying this could be any age person, could be anyone from the age of 23 up to older and then people begin to use age as they get older and I'm trying to tell it makes no difference no uh, so that the dynamic starts there and you get one question I'll always ask at the end of the first uh, appointment or in the middle of it is um, what you hope to get from me today and that's a really good starting point because yeah. you need to understand why what were they hoping to achieve by coming yeah. in and you can often begin to realize that uh, their aims are, are un, under they're not shooting high enough at all yeah, yeah. or else that the aim is generally it's it's with huge humility that answer the question yeah and you 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 build up the bond from there and um, you try and get to understand uh, what is their mindset about what's going wrong I, I've a real interest in pain psychology yeah. um, I've no I've no study done and it. it's something I'd like to go on to do but for me, it's how the person perceives what their pain uh, represents to the outside world and how yeah. that comes back at them. Yeah. And that's a really complex little blackboard it's, that's full yeah. of crap. By it's the how end. they perceive it, someone else could perceive it a lot like Yeah, and it can lock in a problem and it can really lock in a problem in their minds. And so I look at it as a, a problem. If somebody has a problem, it's like uh, if you can picture a problem that's pliable and that you can work readily with is like uh, sand, soft yeah. sand, and you can maneuver it with your fingers. Then there's somebody who has an idea of what might be wrong, but they're open to change. That would be like a sandcastle where it's easy to change it into something else. And then you have the person who has this going on for a long time, has a little bit of knowledge, which can actually create a, a really kind of a set pattern in their minds that they're trying to figure out. Yeah. They'll remember so much about an injury so much in detail and then they begin to realize if i sit this way i know i sh i know i can improve it or if i do yeah this, i'll get a bit of relief yeah, yeah so yeah, they start yeah. to key into things like that and i call that uh, bricks and those bricks are the ones that need most help yeah. and the hardest to try and get through and you just need to have and that journey has to be a collaboration yeah and uh you have to it, commit to the process you so. do yeah. and 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 it's it's a lovely uh, journey to go on some to go on with somebody and uh, you won't win them all but um, my general my, my motto my mantra my internal clock inside my head with anybody is can I leave in a better place than I saw him today that's basically it yeah. each time when you go on from I there. love that love that and, and mm. that's what it's all about and that's funny because this leads nicely into me going to you a few years ago it must have been four or five years ago now mm. and it's recommended again joking goes joking he, you know he's he, he's the man kind of thing so I went over and at the time 
I was I'd had back probably issues. I played soccer my whole life, thirty years, and I was using probably that age card when I shouldn't have been. Um, but uh, anyways, I went into you and um, and you said that thing like your intro was like, okay, what do you want to achieve? What what, mm-hmm. can, what, what have you come here today? And what can I do you know what you hope to achieve by the end mm-hmm. of this? And I was like. I just want to kind of wake up and not be in pain kind of thing, do you know, and mm. not sure if I am going to be in pain. And, and and the reason why I think, you know, you're so successful as well as the clinic and, and is is I've left that day feeling so optimistic and positive. Um, and it was the way you answered that question and you were like, Michael, I remember the word, you're only a young man. Yeah. You were like, you shouldn't be feeling like this. Like this, like, this is crazy. Like we, we get, we'll get to the bottom of this. I have an idea, you know, what's going on. Um, and like I think I went up to Aina and ended up going back and it's kind of limerick I think a bit of an epidural or whatever but then I went back to you for the rehab started the SNC and 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 went through the whole process and uh, it was amazing but it was it was because and he's like and it's true it's like you, you've got a few years left and you're like, still playing at the time like locally and it was like you've you've plenty of time to, you know you shouldn't be waking up like this you're only like 34 35 at the time and it just was like actually leaving I was like Actually, yeah, yeah. I maybe have a bit left to me, and it was just I think I'd nearly resigned myself to it, you know. And pain, I think that happens a lot. Pain, Mike. Pain is that pain to wake up with pain in the morning. Yeah. It actually changes the way you think. Yeah. So you were being defeated by the pain. Yeah. And the problem was that there was no ac- real diagnosis. So yeah, yeah. The hunch that I have when we say I referred you to Ina. Yeah. Doctor Falvian Cork, who's just another amazing clinician. He's he just is, got he is. this. He's amazing brilliant. way with people yeah and he's got an incredible um most astute mind medically yeah and i knew that my hunch could be backed up or or not or yeah, yeah. told differently by ina yeah. and what it does is i use this phrase the blackboard of your mind is full of crap and i don't mean crap in a bad way but yeah, i mean yeah. that you're trying to figure out i did this i did that i wonder was that significant and i remember i fell once on my backside when I was 14. Yeah, and that yeah, wasn't yeah. you, no, I'm just yeah, saying I know you mean what it. comes yeah. in. I know you mean it. So what it does, and I tell them, you'll go up to Ina, I, I, I usually use the phrase, you're listening to a baldy guy here in the room in Killarney coming up with all these great <laughs> ideas, okay? So let's let's get you up to Ina where you're actually going to change every kind of idea that you have in your mind and he's going to clean the black of your mind completely and replace it with your scan in front of you and yeah. he's going to show you this is where the problem is here. Yeah, yeah. And you can physically see and, it, yeah. And then you become to key into something that's real. Mm. And then he's going to say, and this is what you need to do to fix it. And generally, Mike, I'll be quite honest, yeah. if, if people come down from any of the referrals that we make and they don't come right, it's it's our fault rather than them. It's just we're not giving the right, the right uh, yeah. exercise. And then Julia... Who does exactly the same thing clinically, but yeah. you've seen her, her energy inside in the clinic. Oh, like, it's yeah, just she, incredible. Uh, yeah, and I've been through the rehab with her yeah. with my Achilles recently, and yeah, she's she, she, she pushes. As you said earlier, I think it was like you know people, you know, she's like, okay, you're gonna up it to this, and it's like, you know, you might not think, and then now I am pushing it, and because yeah. it's that guidance from her, and as you said, it was more guesswork at the beginning. I didn't know what it was, and yeah. then through yourself, and then, um, you know, Ina Falvey, then a Cork, and and the whole chain yeah and then i came back and then we knew what it was so i said you're looking at it and you can see okay two prolapse discs yeah this is a bit of degeneration there lumbar a couple of prolapse discs but this is what we we know what it is because we can see it let's go back to to jer and let's get the rehab going another question that i ask people when they come in is um what's missing when they ask me what they want to get and i tell you so tell me what's missing some of them will say well geez i'd love to i'd love to get a few exercises or I'd love to but yeah, I, yeah. I asked them what's missing in your life and, like and what, yeah. no what's missing from what you're looking for okay. and they're looking at me and I said okay if you went down to the pub tonight or if you went down to the park and you met somebody and they asked you what's wrong could you tell them what's wrong could you actually 
and they go no so I said you were missing a diagnosis you need to be able to tell somebody when they ask you the next time oh do you know what it was it was actually this this and this I and have yeah it, exactly it, what it, it is it is an absolute liberator from there yeah, it's a game changer then it because, is, yeah. look, because you can't as you said you can't come from someone that you don't know what it is you know it's, it's just guesswork you're like oh I've got a bit of a stiff back or yeah I wake up now and again and you know but you're and just it begins you sorry for interrupting no, it no. begins to allow them to understand that the difficulties or the discomforts that they're going to feel when they go into the gym with Julia with myself yeah. are is training pain it's not inflammation yeah, pain yeah. and then they begin to push through that yeah. and then they gain ownership of their problem yeah. and now there are no people and I said it's getting past that point where they think you know getting as you said training pain the difference and I'm actually strengthening because I had another rehab client I think through Julian yourselves who it was kind of like a an injury that she maybe deadlifting wrong for for a while maybe lifting too much for what her body you know was able for at the time and not good technique etc but anyways and when she actually went through the process through Julia through yourselves and came through to me you know when she started actually she's like actually you know this is where I'm supposed am I supposed to be, you know that's where you're supposed to be feeling you're not supposed to be feeling and here and here mm-hmm. you know um, and when she started doing it with good technique and getting stronger very you know nice and steady but we brought her up not to the point where she got injured but it was as in like the weight but um, she was only a slight you know she was kind of slight but it, it was just to, to get her confidence in lifting correct but also she felt stronger in the position and felt stronger in her yeah. back then um, and uh, it was great to see that that cycle um, and that's probably kind of leads into that what I was talking about and that holistic approach and how you know it, it, it's a great dynamic I said you, yourselves and Julia and myself you just want you want people to progress you want people to to, to be more resilient to injury in the future you want them mm-hmm. to be stronger and it's kind of I think the right way about it yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah and it's 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 amazing to see going through as I, I went through the whole thing really went up as yourself to Dana back around back through strengthen back up very weak and then you know to see to see that hole coming out the other end you know mm-hmm. uh, and I said I, knew, I kind of see I knew what it was I see it in black and white on, on the MRI I can see it and it was, this is what it is you can yeah. see it yeah. and it be, you began to be able to even tell it to your family at home this yeah. is what's wrong yeah. and they feel relieved I, I look on I look on the journey if, 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 we, if they start at one point and it's a straight line to where we want to get them to go yeah. Then I talk about the arc of potential, which starts in the same line, but it goes out like this on a kind of a, a, a wedge shape. And as they move down the journey that we want to take them, their arc of potential widens. So every single time they come in to me, and Julia and myself will often see a patient together, she'll see them for rehab, yeah. I'll see them a few weeks later. And I, I every single time they're in, I'll ask them, you know you know this arc of potential, or this, what, what have your aims changed? What, what are yeah. your aims now? And the aims change so much as they move down the road it yeah. really does and and to give them full ownership you see they're gaining ownership of their problem when they start to rehabilitate through yeah, it yeah, yeah. and then to give them full ownership and belief and confidence oh it's just magic yeah, yeah yeah and as I said that's you can see the past you've been in it for a long time now but I see you know you know and it, you see the dynamic but just the passion with, with everyone who comes into it it's great like you know and they could be a member of the public who's struggling to as I said, you know, walk around the town or whatever, yeah. you know, and then you've got your athlete coming in who's probably thinking, oh, I'm going to, you know, I've been injured or, you know, I'm going to be out of this, I'm going to be out of that, but just to kind of, you know, instill in those, as a gain ownership of it, you know what it is, we know what it is, mm-hmm. we're going to sort it, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get back on the pitch. They'll you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. they're, they're, they're going to get back on the pitch um, and it's not, you know, and it's kind of, as I said, they're coming in maybe head down but leaving head up, okay, yeah, yeah and, that, and that's brilliant. Just a question on rehabilitation itself. Over the years, Judge, in regards to methods, tools, how do you feel it's if it's changing or evolving 
in regards to when you started um, um, is there anything do you feel there's it maybe kind of lead on to a second part of the question in the prevalence of injuries do you, do you feel maybe athlete wise and maybe public wise maybe separate those two in regards to what you're seeing do you see more of a certain injury um, is it due to people maybe being inflection more in regards to seated or technology or do you find any difference over the years in regards to maybe the injuries for one and like the methods you have for dealing with it with injuries so Okay, so the, the amount of injuries or the prevalence of injuries, I'm not sure whether um, or not there are, we'll say, for instance, more ACL injuries now than there were in the past. Although if you ask anybody, they'd say, are you nuts? Look, look how many people are getting it. And I didn't know, I, I've never heard of so many getting it before. But the thing is that the method of detection of an ACL now is much, much better. And often, uh, I know when I speak, again, go back to the days when I was... Uh, following Charlie Nelligan round on his path to, to, to the different matches uh, you'd have somebody who had a bad knee and what they would have to do is go and go up and get the flu drained out of their knee every year or six months but what was the bad knee do you know was it was it an ACL that was ruptured way back and it was just allowing for chondral wear and tear so I think like in Pat's balance time it was so much documented that he was the first guy ever ever that had an ACL surgery in, in the GA circles really? And he had a big, uh, and the rehabilitation was so poor at the time, yeah. but he was at Christmas Day with bicycle tubes inside in the garage and, and then he was wearing massive braces when he came out. So what I'm saying is that I, I think if the prevalence of energy injury seems to have increased, it's because the, the amount of participation in sport yeah. has increased. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure whether evolution is making us weaker beings. I don't think so. I just think the methods of detecting it and 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 it becomes a an an entity is much better than it was before. Okay, and did you find there was a phase? Maybe it's kind of eased off, but there was a lot of emphasis on maybe particularly young lads bulking, and you find they're that they're they're growing muscle mass, but maybe the connective tissue that or the ligaments and joints couldn't cope with the they were maybe going for size instead of athletic or agility and that type of thing. Do you think that was had a part of it? It's People trying to get bigger and stronger, yeah. and be able to give a shoulder or take on and. But then the rest of it hadn't caught up or hadn't been, you know. Yeah, well, the short answer to your question is that definitely if the you put on hypertrophy and you get really big in the muscle, yeah. you're going to lose some of the flexibility. And if you're yeah. out on the pitch doing something that involves explosive, eccentric and concentric, you're putting stress and strains. Um, so bulking up like that um, would have been something for, would have been aesthetically done. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 with, with younger people, when they go to the gym, Two things, I, and it was a phrase that I that, that I, I learned when I was above with the elite athletes in uh, Jar Hartman's clinic, is that uh, speed kills. That's the first thing. Speed okay. is an invention. It is an essential component of improving yourself, but it has the ability to cause huge damage. Yeah. And it's the same with the gym and and in in the lifting because the lifting is the winter version of speed. Okay. And and you ask a young guy, most young guys up to now, and in more recent, in the last five years, ten years, becoming more educated. But they'd go to a gym and they'd want to get strong in the front, or they'd want, and they'd friends would tell them, and they'd start doing all these lifts with the best will in the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Great that they're going to the gym, but they just lack the understanding and knowledge. So uh, yes, is the answer to your question that hypertrophy in the muscle, if it's not a directly res related to what you want yeah. to do with your sport will actually slow you down and yeah. will will cause reduction in mobility and flexibility. Yeah. But lifting of the right type yeah. will improve it. Big time, you know, mm. and as you said, they might, 
as I said, just because I didn't know they may be focused on the, on the front of the body and not doing any posterior chain, not doing any rows, not doing any Friends strength. telling friends and going yeah. up and down you yeah. go. Which is going to happen. And then starting to look good as well. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, but that's interesting. Now, you remember when um, the Gooch was injured there for the, we did his, was it ACL he ACL, did? ACL, yeah. Um, I was working at the Europe at the time. Um, now, I don't know if this was a method you used, but it was very interesting for me to see because I remember kind of working heat wise you know I think it was in the salt pool or was it in the sauna you were doing some work in there as well do you know was that something you tried before or you worked with kind of you know at, say altitude but hot weather training I, I don't know all right Is it I'll just tell like... you, it's funny you ask that question because there was a direct relationship so again it's like I'm name dropping here which I'm not comfortable with but anyway <laughs> Okay. So I was over in uh, Kenya at a high altitude training camp in E10 and I was over working with um, Lorna Kiplegat who would have been the world um, half marathon record holder at the time. And okay. what you've got to understand about these athletes is they don't have the same level of medical support as regards scans and, and um, uh, modalities available to them at all and not at all. So. Okay. For instance, in Ethiopia, uh, there's only one running track in the whole country. No way. Just one. That's Jesus, in Addis Ababa. That. Just one. That's and in, crazy. in Kenya, there was just uh, two. One was in the Eldoret University and the other one was in Nairobi. And then in E10, there was a dust track. This is uh, um, this is a high altitude training camp where Brother Cullum was over there. It's, got, it's, had, it's had a lot of... Um, there's been a lot of coverage on programs about it, but that's where we were based over there. Okay. So anyway, to get back to the story, so I was dealing with, Paul, with uh, Lorna Kiplegat, and she had a, a Dutch doctor uh, who she had seen, and she had grown a cyst that was the size of a sugar cube under her kneecap, okay? okay. And he didn't want to operate, because if he operated, she was going to be out for too long. So he needed um, uh, treatment and rehabilitation to... To get this broken down, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, function functionally break it down, okay. So the traditional way that you'll deal with something like that when you're frictioning it is you'll get get them to use ice afterwards, so you're not you're calming down any of the inflammation you could have caused. Yeah. So I was over there for about a three week spell, and at the end of the first week, um, she she still found that it was sore, okay, and yeah. that she couldn't get even the bike work was hurting her, so. What she did one day was she took the bike into the sauna and she started biking inside in the sauna and she found that it made a massive difference. Wow. And then what I started to do was I'd friction her in the sauna. So if, traditionally where ice would be the, the, the modality that would be recommended yeah. uh, for her as a Kenyan living in high altitude out in hot weather, it was heat. heat created the, 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 the wellness wow. that she needed. Wow. And it was so funny because I'd go into the sauna and she'd get up on the bench and i'd start treating it i was in my togs yeah pumping sweat i'd have to get out <laughs> after no five minutes Jesus and she'd come back in again and go at it again and then after about um she had the bike in there so in there yeah so then she'd get up on the bike and, and spin on the bike again so we regain function we regain Straight the first away, levels yeah. of function from Jeez. there so I, I found that I found that interesting first of all so the, yeah. pro, the, the problem with Gooch at the time was that he'd lost his range of motion because his knee had been in a brace because he also had a fracture so oh, okay. he had to mob, immobilise the knee for six weeks and there are crucial six weeks to get mobility back so he was really short in flexion 
So by getting into the pool, so you you'd have seen us, we'd have been in the sauna yeah. and would yeah. have been treating it inside in the sauna and yeah. then getting into the pool and moving it. And it was the first, um, sometimes the distraction of the bubbles in the water and all of that can actually help as well. Oh, and the God. distraction that they can't actually see see what's happening if they were in the water, oh, doing it in the water. Yeah. And it made a difference, it really did. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was just applying something I'd seen somewhere else to another situation that's amazing and, mm. and it worked and as I said it was just I remember the time I was, it was interesting just seeing and I wasn't sure what you know if you're actually treating or, or what it was mm-hmm. or stretching but um, now trying to regain movement yeah which is mm. brilliant and the heat and the water yeah and it worked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was flying again um, not, we haven't got too many left so we're nearly there so the the, the the pressure will be over soon, John, don't worry. Great. <laughs> um, just to get a quick one about the UKSCA, um, yourself and Julia are doing the UK Strength Conditioning Qualification, mm-hmm. which is arguably probably the one the best, um, or the, one of the best anyways out there in regards to, um, but obviously we touched on Olympia lifting with Julia as well, but we'll talk on kind of what do you feel the, the benefits of strength conditioning as this may be a part two of the question, but in regards to the clinic and and how you, you know, I think it's, you know, it's a great, it's a combination to get the strength conditioning qualification it ties in really nicely to your exposed growth and, mm-hmm. and getting no, more you know knowledge of that area and the, the second part of the, the the you know so you have your your hands on stuff then you have your rehabilitation and then you've got you know particularly I suppose with not you know I suppose general public but also athletes to go into um say olympic lifting um i think as there might be brought in recently but um you know and i think i mentioned it to julie about you know the benefits of Olympic lifting in regards to force production um, compared to your deadlift and your you know your mm. old your kind of your your traditional and how big you know like the first pull of a clean or that kind mm. of power you can produce mm. and transfer onto the field for athletes is massive. So what's your view on it? As in now you've been studying it and working with it and as a modality, I suppose. Jack? Okay, well, do you know what part of a question you asked earlier that I never got to answer was that the big difference now when you're rehabilitating people is that it's it's a completely evidence-based so yeah. you're working off of not just the expertise of somebody who happens to be good at something and has found something that works but it's evidence-based and that's where ssc and their papers and and just general knowledge uh, or education helps so the evidence shows that uh, olympic lifting is uh, is the only uh, multi-joint uh, and uh, total body movement that allows you to get the bar from the floor over your head as quick as you can and that uh, that is the closest to a functional sport that you're going to get. Yeah. And then because there's a lot of technique, you also have the neural aspect in it as well. So a day that you're going in there trying to do a snatch and you're not switched on, you won't be able to put the training bar over your head, not to mind any weight. So mm. all of those benefits, and there are so many papers about that now. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about it is that it looks so difficult. Now, the other thing is Julia's sick as the whole lot of us because she's a total natural we went to she is I'll say I'll be like well you know what we went to our first um, lifting course above in Belfast before we started with Kerry and I was really grateful to Jason McGahan for arranging this for Kerry SNC to get UKSC over and start teaching us all of this it's an incredible opportunity supplied by the county board but we did one in, in Belfast and the, the the guy that day put her aside pulled her aside and said you know you have you have something going on here but it's I I would have seen it so yeah. I mean when you can outlift Aidan Mahoney in a in a snatch and, yeah, and kick it over thing. at him impressive so she, yeah so um I, I diverse there no I don't know what it was going on to but oh yeah sorry so you have that quality of a lift yeah which you can teach the derivatives you can break it down yeah, into and te- different phases and so yeah. anybody can do that yeah and the, the evidence is there that um 
for you know hip extension uh, for hamstring and posterior chain it's it's once with the right technique it's anybody massive, can do it it's massive. incredible and, and, and it's, it's such so related into as you said that performance correlation is massive it's like, huge you know, yeah um, um, and it said that explosiveness yeah that's what you're going to be doing in in, in, in any sport really and you can even get apps on phones now that can measure the speed of the bar so for even an ordinary person wow. you can show them look this is how fast the bar was traveling when wow. you started this look at it now and the big thing of all is that they just look like they're doing the lift yeah, right yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. no it's and, amazing to, to watch mm-hmm. Ernest. i need to get back into it myself because mm-hmm. i can i i kind of learn and what doing an snc qualification as well it was the the phase and how technical it was um and it's and I said that's key, but it's kind of as you said, the the, the coaching model, the teaching models. You can that phase one, phase two, and you can get so much even from part of that. You know, um, even I said that first pull, that triple extension, those type of movements. Yeah. And then obviously bring them through. But I think the feeling someone gets from getting into like a full oh, clean or snatch, I'd say, I'd say it's unreal. It is, or the yeah. feeling that somebody uh, like say, uh, whatever, an older lady that or an older guy that. Uh, can suddenly begin to deadlift something close to their body weight yeah, safely yeah, yeah. and it's it's just incredible and that's what i said it's julie so you'll be up and you know do deadlifting your body weight and i say people will be like no i don't know if i could do that you yeah. know they, they they question it but when yeah. they do it they're like wow yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well uh, they feel much better yeah exactly as soon as they exactly. start feeling better the game is stronger yeah, yeah. yeah and i said that's the same when i see clients it's kind of getting them into the habit and once they get into it like actually that's that's just part of their life that's they, they feel great and it's just what they do you know that habits created and it's all yeah. about that habit you know it's, it's what it is just so we're so, only bus drivers right? oh, yeah. we're just taking them where they exactly need to go. and it's great yeah. to see them get into their their stop or if you want to call it yeah. just uh and that's what we buzz off and it's great it's great to see so last couple of questions um what would you recommend for the general public Joe, as do you know when you see the we know ourselves obviously the benefits of strength strength training um i know the who recommend at least two sessions a week, strength-based, whether it be body weight or um, or, or weights, um, and then obviously adding in some kind of um, exercise can get the heart rate up, etc. But just through the benefits um, of strength training to people as for any age, but as the people progress as they get older, um, and you see the people who have kind of worked on it throughout their lives in regards to posture and strength, and maybe not picking up those maybe deliberating kind of um, you know whether it be injuries or um, you know um down the line so to speak but what would you kind of recommend um with you know in regards to what people can do as they day to day you know can do stuff at home but even just moving more do you know that kind of thing okay so first of all anything is good so yeah. I, I like to, to go out and do something so if it's if it's um any form of exercise whether it's gardening cycling walking uh walking up the stairs instead of taking lifts and all of that that's excellent um, and then the next step after that, that the general public will veer towards is going into a group situation, yeah. which is wonderful. The, tr- the Then the pitiful thing sometimes is because of the group dynamic, something breaks down with a particular person and they say, I tried that, it hurt my knees and you know, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, and suddenly yeah. they're in a worse place than they were. Yeah, yeah. It, what they should do at that stage is go to a PT, go yeah. to someone like yourself yeah. where it becomes... Uh, people think that that gyms are all boom 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 yeah but that's gone it's you have it's it's where you are the the personal training part of it is is the key part of public health right now because Mm. it is so accessible and they can do it at um it's at times that work for them and for something to do with trying to involve multi-joint movement it's often good to get a couple of PT sessions yeah, yeah, before, to extend, yeah. understand how to, and then fall back into the group. Yeah. But don't let any setback stop you. Okay. And anything you're doing is good. Yeah. 
enjoy it get out there we live in Killarney all the different things you can do but the, as regards the resistance based stuff if you try it in a group and it doesn't work get to a PT yeah yeah and get seen showing what's wrong yeah 100% and I find that near a lot of my clients who have gone into classes have started like that um, yeah they, they wanted to they weren't very confident they, they maybe was like you know they might say they've got a bit of stiffness or whatever you know the normal things you'll get but after they might not be used to the exercises so sometimes five ten a few whatever it was but it's just getting them more confident getting their technique right and then you'll see them starting to get into it and then yeah. they'll maybe try a class out or we'll put together a mock class and then oh yeah i can do that yeah. and then they're into like there and then and then they're flying so it's um, that's a good way to do yeah exactly and and that's why i always say to people it's fun you know gym might not be for everyone it's not for everyone if you like tennis if you just like hiking or walking just you know get out there get moving um and that's going to benefit you as you get older mm. you know no tenfold but you know we try and make the classes enjoyable and there are a bit of crack there's music and a bit of fun a few games and stuff it's just making that enjoyable not a chore because people think oh you don't want people to oh, I have to go and see Mike yeah. or I have to yeah. go to the gym and yeah. it's like do you know yeah they work hard you know for that well they do as, as, as much as they can do and that's the thing with the group dynamic it's like sometimes you get pushed along as well and yeah. you might do more than you think you can do yeah. um, and it's like oh actually you know same with the mums the last one it was like they they progressed onto the 15 kg bar and they're like oh. well uh, I, I can actually do this and they were saying oh yeah uh, and I was like told you and it's like and it's that myth of they're gonna bulk or they're gonna and I said it's very 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 hard it's nearly important you know for women to bulk unless there's some external if they yeah. testosterone coming in yeah. there but it, it's just kind of a myth and people just pick it up and they're yeah. like oh well, do you know I should, you know I'm gonna bulk today. and I said no you're gonna feel better you're gonna uh -huh. feel stronger and, and they would say yeah I feel strong now and it's like there you go so it was like a, a bit of a light bulb moment for them so I enjoyed that the last day yeah. and uh, it was funny but um last last almost there almost there so um in regards to plans for the future Joe, um and the clinic um in you know where do you see things going progressing or, or do you have any kind of um with us yeah. personally yeah. Yeah. well first of all we can't thank you enough for being able to use your clinic oh no it's been, it's been, oh, it's been, been a delight it's been a delight yeah, to have you genuinely so yeah we're in the process of uh, building a clinic is probably the best way to say it in Castle Island um, hoping to be in there uh, by November it's uh, because of all the different setbacks with COVID, COVID, so on and so yeah. on. Yeah, it's been. Um... But we're going to divide it into three phases, and um, again, really pushing and not pushing, but hoping that we'll be in there definitely yeah. before Christmas and by November, and that will be the start of uh, our first home, really, since I moved to Kerry. Oh, and uh, it will be nice, and uh, it will have nice. Um, it'll be a nice environment, and we'll have everything that we need and that we've kind of grown to use over the years. Um, and probably be fully finished by about it'll take a year to a year and a half to get to the final product yeah, to but, final, yeah. yeah but we'll, yeah. we're moving towards no, that's it. lovely that's great yeah. to hear um, so I always finish with guest podcasts with three questions okay okay the final three okay yeah we've kind of I could talk to you for about three or four hours but like we've only got one uh, we're just over the hour so we're doing all right but um, first question is what if anything uh, scares you jerky Okay, so I don't do scared. I, I, I think I think life is too wonderful to be scared. I love that. I love that answer. And yeah, <laughs> I, I actually think uh, scared or scared or fears is um, is the seedling of an opportunity that's about to happen because it's oh, it's that. it's something that, that <laughs> but it is all it is is something that you're worried about. And generally, if you're worried about something, it's something that's blocking you from doing something. 
So then what you do, if you're humble enough, you'll step back and look for help. What do you think I should do here? Yeah. And you'll go around the blockage and then that's fantastic. Yeah. So life is too wonderful for that sort of oh, stuff. I love that. It's true. It's true. Well, mm. life is wonderful. Mm. Um, and I love that because, yeah, it's, it's like people think asking for help is a weakness, but it's a strength. It's the it's great. Strength. You imagine the, the biggest strength. Uh, how great the person you've asked for help feels when yeah, they can yeah, do it. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing it's feeling. like when I came to you and then yeah. say people will come to me or... Um, you know, I go to somebody with some, some, you know, a question and, and, and as you said, it's that feeling of the person, oh, they have trust in me that they, you know, and they're going to come mm. to me for help. So it's great. Like mm. I find that and that chain of is mm. lovely. It's just, you don't want to stop that loop. It's mm. just, it's just no. beautiful. And I love that answer. That's, that's really good. Uh, number two is what um, inspires you? Has anyone inspired you over the years or continues to inspire you? I suppose, you, you know, you can look back at the story you've heard so far and there are so many people that have been influential all the way through from the athletics to Gerhardt in the athletics world down to Julia at the moment, although she, her jaw would drop. She actually inspires me hugely. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then my family as well, they're just amazing. They're just two boys that have done just really good examples of, of human beings, really. And I suppose if I was to boil the whole lot of it down, the person that inspires me most every single day is the person that has taken the trouble to come in the door and sit in front of me. So the, I find the patient yeah. is the most inspiring, that's, to be honest. I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah that's, to, that's beautiful. Genuinely, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Thanks. And number three is, have you read a book or an audio book? I knew you were going to ask uh, me this question. So. <coughs> oh, you brought one in. Oh, here we go. So I, don't, I only read books with pictures. This is a present to you, Mike. Just to, to say me, that. Oh, yeah. So that's 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 one of my favorites because it's full of pictures. This this is really weird because I would. This was I was supposed to. I was going to get this one. Really? Because I had yeah. people I'd seen online. I was like, where was this? Yeah. Someone actually gave me the book of it. Yeah. Um, this is amazing. This is for me. Yes, for you. Yeah. Just Julie, oh Julie just, just, Thank you. Just to let you know, guys, because obviously you can't see it. Uh, the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse um, by Charlie Mackey. Is it Mac? Sorry. Yeah, Mac Maxi. Sorry. Um, that's amazing and like because I, I do kind of quotes of the week every Monday uh -huh. and uh, I love the visual and the, the words as well and yeah. this is this book I don't know if you, ha if you haven't got it because I've seen people put these pictures up on and I'm like oh that's lovely oh that's brilliant uh, I, I wasn't expecting that that's lovely <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm getting all emotional I listened to the end of Julia's also <laughs> yeah you, you kind of knew what was coming but, but um, my son is reading a book he's a great cool. reader and it's called just one more question by David Tuberty okay. and it's actually Ryan Tuberty's uh, brother and he's a, a neurologist I think it's a specialty but it's a really funny read uh, just what was it just called? one last question one last question yeah and what's the name of the guy da David Tuberty lovely I'll write that down yeah uh, and I, I like he, Kevin is a great reader but um, I yeah. only get to read when I'm on holiday so I haven't had a chance to read it yet <laughs> I know yeah we need yeah. a holiday next year yeah um, uh, we need, that's it pretty much uh, just where can people kind of find you Joe contact you we'll have to get Julia to get the Instagram set up yeah Jenny Mac I don't even have business cards Mike you know what people just get to me they find me they'll find you if they want to find yeah, you they'll yeah, find yeah. you but um, I think you're on Facebook and stuff aren't you? yeah again that's all Julia does all that yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. um, brilliant Chad I said that's that was that's gone really quick and we've gone over an hour but again I, as I said I could talk to you for ages but um, that was brilliant I really appreciate you My coming pleasure. on yeah. and continue success with the clinic and yeah as I said I've, I, I've seen it guys firsthand how they work and it's just an inspiration to me um, and how I, I how run, run a business as well and and you know very similar ethoses and yeah. and and you know we, we just want the person to, to, to feel yeah. better and get better and that's that's what we buzz off that's why we're still in in the game so uh, 
Thanks very much, Joe. And um, we'll see you for a part two, maybe at some stage. June the first. <laughs> Thanks for the book, but I uh, appreciate that. Um, and uh, take care, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. No worries. I think you'll agree, guys. Uh, an amazing episode there with with Joe Keen. Um, yeah, blew my mind for sure. Um, and really good to to sit down with him and find out a bit more about his background. But fascinating, and um, yeah highly recommend himself and julia in the clinic um and uh just just uh yeah a, a lovely human being all around so thanks again to Jer. and if you like this episode please really share it i think this needs to get around because people need to listen to it um so share it on on your pages um if you give it a rating on apple podcast that would be super duper um and yeah let's get it out there guys i really appreciate the feedback i've been getting and lots of more guests lined up and some solo ones coming as well in the next few weeks so yep um another one done and thanks again for listening and for all the support and i'll see you next week take care guys see you soon